Hi, this is Robert and Wendy Spady, and we're the pastors of Open Altar Worship Center. We're so glad to have you with us, and we want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope today's message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God as moving in your life. Enjoy today's message. And say this, let's make love. Come on, I didn't say look at me, I said look at somebody else. And say, let's make love. Alright? So today, we're going we're gonna to make some love, alright? Because that used to be the thing, I know at least when I was growing up in the 70s, you know, a lot of songs, you know, uh, people and uh, Temptations and whoever, you know, the big thing was, we're going to be making love. But you know something? You can make love about as well as you can make a meatloaf. And you ask why is that? Because we, we say that. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like, well, what are, we, what are we having tonight? Well, I'm making a meatloaf. Well, if you're not making the ground beef, you didn't make the ingredients, you didn't make the electricity, you did not make the stove, all you're doing is taking all of these things together, putting them together, and you've produced a meatloaf. But we don't say, hey, well, what do we have tonight? Well, I just produced some spaghetti. <laughs> oh, I just, you know, manufacture some fried fish. You'll really love it. And some potatoes and collard greens. But no, we say, I'm making meatloaf. But we have to learn how, as we said before, we're putting these ingredients together. And so really today's topic is not let's make love. It's what? Let's make agape love. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about making or producing agape love. Agape love is one of four loves mentioned in the Bible. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, we say, man, if you study, one type of love is eros, where we get the word erotic. And I'm not going to go too far into that, which is the physical love that a, a man has to his wife and wife to her husband. The storge love, which is a family love. You know, husband, husband, wife, and you know, father, mother, and the children. That's the storge love. Then you have phileo love, which is a brotherly love, which is where we get Philadelphia. And then the highest love is agape. This is the love we're going to talk about today. Now, this kind of love is not one of those, hey, man, you know, <sighs> I don't want this day to end. Let's go to Starbucks. I'm not talking about that Starbucks, ushy-gushy kind of love. I'm talking about the love that says, I love you regardless. I love you unconditionally, regardless of how you treat me. And this is what we need the Holy Spirit to teach us. We need the Holy Spirit to continue to remind us about love. We say we love one another, but the type of love we have is usually conditional and it's in limited supply. Because we draw lines and we say, once they cross this point, I'm done with them. When they cross that point, I'm done. I'm not, I don't have anything else to do with them. I cut them off. And how dare we? And, and, and I, as I was sharing with uh, Brother Tom before service, as of last Thursday, I died. I died. Because the Lord's saying, there's some things that I have to get out of you. And people can't be where they are until you get to the place that you allow me to rebirth you. Amen. And 
and it, it has nothing to do with my salvation, but some things that I have to stop doing and some things that I have to start doing. And I am so passionate about this love thing because people will look at you and say, well, why did you do that? It's like because of Jesus Christ. It's not that ushy-gushy, oh, I feel good, I got a little extra money in the bank, I want to give it away kind of love. It's no, I'm doing this to build the kingdom of God. Amen. And our love cannot be conditional, and it cannot be in limited supply. If you all have ever worked on a job where you have somebody you go to and say, look, you know, we need new chairs, or, you know, we need new staplers. Everybody's staplers is all jacked up. Can we get some new? And you have that person on your job who orders supplies. And they're like, well, can we get these chairs? It's like, it ain't your money. <laughs> they act like this, man. It's like, it ain't coming out your paycheck. This is the company's money. This is the government's money. Spend it because if we don't use it, we're going to lose it. Well, guess what? It ain't your love. It's not your love. So we need to give the love that's been given to us. Because it ain't your love to spend. It's only your love to give. When it comes to love, and, and remember, and I didn't go to the scripture, but remember last week we said in Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus told them, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that if any man desires to follow after me, and I'm paraphrasing, that he has to deny himself. Take up his cross what? Daily. Take up his cross what? Daily. daily. And follow after me. So this is a daily thing. Love doesn't say I love you today, but I don't have time to love you tomorrow. Well, you know, our love was a love of the past. It's not a love of the present. But we have to understand that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you know, you got to show me, teach me, teach me. Even as, as one disciple said, Lord, help my unbelief. Thomas said, help my unbelief. Lord, help me to love people in ways that I don't understand. Because my love really, even when I say I love you, Lord, my love is conditional and is limited. Because maybe I don't know how to love other people. So when we put the Trinity together, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, each one of them has a role. Now remember writing this in the old Bible that I have. Thank God for the late Pastor Terry Whitley. He wrote this, or he said this, and I wrote it down in the old, I mean this Bible's older than... Anyway, God formulates, Jesus executes, and the Holy Spirit reveals. God formulates, Jesus executes, and the Holy Spirit reveals. For, instance, for example, God said, I'm going to create the heavens and the earth. He spoke to Jesus because Jesus is the word, is he not? Amen. And the Holy Spirit brought this about because we, as we said before, in Genesis it said, and the Spirit of God hovered over the earth. But let's look, look at this in a more practical sense. If God creates or formulates and Jesus executes and the Holy Spirit reveals, let's say God is the architect. Jesus is the builder and the Holy Spirit is the agent. So the agent walks in and says, hey, look, if you notice we have a very large foyer here with vaulted ceilings. Uh, we got a security system. We've got a patio in the back. And they reveal and show you all the amenities that is in this house or this particular unit. Maybe it's, it's it's a commercial property. But that's the Holy Spirit's job. 
And so likewise, the Holy Spirit says, well, what are you dealing with? What is your struggle? Well, I'm struggling in this love thing. Well, let me tell you a little bit about love. First of all, let's go to John 3.16. And he just goes on and on and on. It is his job to reveal and in a sense sell you on love. It's his job to sell us on love and teach us about the things that we don't understand. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 verse 27. Now this particular scripture is really talking in reference to prayer, but we're going to use it and not take it out of context because, as I've said before, the Bible has one interpretation but many applications. So let's use this application. And the Father who knows the hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. Let's look at the, the agent. The agent is, isn't going to say, oh, well, this is a beautiful bedroom. Well, why did they make this bedroom so small? I don't understand. I mean, there's no room. The agent isn't going to talk against the builder. And the builder's not going to talk against the contractor. They may converse together. It's like, maybe we want to change this or maybe we want to do that. But that's between God and the Son. But the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us in harmony with God's will. He is never going to buck against what God has said. Never, ever is the Holy Spirit going to contradict. And people can pick up the Bible and say, well, this says this and this says that. Well, if you read in this true context, I believe it's Galatians, I believe it's Galatians chapter 5 where in the, one of the first verses it says that every man has to bear his own burden. In the few, later, few verses later on it says that we ought to bear others' burdens, one another's burdens. Two different meanings for the word burden. So when you look at that, you're saying, oh, it's a contradiction. But it's not. The Holy Spirit will not contradict God. This is talking about the true harmony of the Spirit of God and the Trinity. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 says that God is love. Anybody ever heard the saying, love is blind. Love is crazy. Love makes you do stupid stuff. No, love never does. You may be in love or you may love someone and you do something stupid like get on your bicycle at 7 o'clock at night and ride from Norfolk to Virginia Beach to see somebody that's asleep. But that ain't God's fault. If, if, that hypothetic, if hypothetically that happened, you know, as I told you, I died. I died. <laughs> I died. <laughs> Huh? It was old and cold. I'm telling you. It was on uh, it was on Easter, 1977. And I rode from North Virginia to Rosemont Road. No, I got the box of cereal later. But oh, I'm preaching now, y'all. Don't grieve the spirit. <laughs> but love doesn't make you do stupid things. Don't ever blame love. For the decisions you make, if they if they come out adversely, do not blame love because you're blaming God for the situation that you're in. It is never God's fault. You can love someone and do things, and then say, "Well, it didn't turn out the way I thought it was." Well, don't blame God, or perhaps God hasn't revealed to us. 
the totality and the very end of a thing that he has planned. Love is never optional. No matter what situation you are in, if we always put love first, then we're going to get the best results. Love is always, always required. We don't have a choice not to love. It is never a choice. But even in perfect love, love has its boundaries. We have to set boundaries and parameters even in agape love. Come on, y'all. What are we doing today? We're making agape love. But love has to have its boundaries. On the mount of, or at the point of transfiguration, Jesus only took Peter, James, and John. Jesus had boundaries. He didn't take all of his disciples everywhere he went. After Jesus was, was, uh, was resurrected, and he sat on the beach, and he prepared breakfast for his disciples, and again, they were out on the, out on the boat fishing. And when Jesus said, cast your nets on the other side, not the same as in Luke chapter 5, but this was after his resurrection. And they all sat around and eating, eat, and were eating breakfast, and Jesus called Peter to the side and said, Peter, do you love me? And he says, yes, Lord, I love you. But he pulled Peter to the side. So love has to have its boundaries. It has to have boundaries. You don't love blindly. You cannot love blindly. If you do, you're going to get burnt, and then you're going to blame God, or you're going to blame someone else for something that you didn't set up. We've loaned cars, we've loaned clothes, we've loaned jackets. You can borrow this, and you're like, why are you doing this for me? I just want to bless you. Then you're wondering why it came back to you three months later, broke, discolored, dirty, funky, nasty, because you, did, you just said here. And you, we get upset with people because you didn't set boundaries. In, in a place, uh, Pastor Winnie and I used to live, we had a code where we could open our garage and close it from the outside. And our neighbor, huge Alabama fan, he's born and raised in Alabama, and I became an Alabama fan too. But there was a time, let me say this, there was a time when they would call us and say, hey, did you know you left your garage door open? It's like, oh, can you close it for us? And they would go over there and put the code in and close the garage door. It's like, beautiful, beautiful, great neighbors. But one day I go over to his house, he goes, hey, man, I want to show you this, this bench I made. He has this nice little bench, and it's painted red. It's got the Alabama logo on and all that. And I'm like, right, 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 man, that's cool. I didn't know you could build stuff like that. It's like, yeah, here's your drill back. <laughs> but we had that kind of understanding. You know, he would go in my garage, but he didn't go in my house. Because certain, sometimes you just know. Sometimes you just know there's certain boundaries you don't cross. So let me ask this question. I know I'm going to get some, some chatter on this. When you're talking about true agape love. Now, this, this is the umbrella. But you also have one of those, the other loves. The, the family love and, and the eros. But you and your spouse say, you know, we have an opportunity to bring a lot of money in this house. I'm going to take this job, or I'm, I'm being offered this job to go overseas. For 10 years, 
For 10 years, I'm going to make six figures. The only catch is, because of the secrecy of the work I'm going to be doing, we can only communicate one week out of the whole year. So for 10 years, you can only communicate with that person for one week. But you're getting six figures. He ain't going. It ain't the money. Because I'm going to tell you, when I got out of the army, and I was looking for a job, and it's like, hey, you know, these jobs, you know, you can make all of this money. Well, let me tell you something about those six figures. And this is just an example. Well, this week your, your check was uh, $50. Next week, your check was $100. And the week after that is $75. The week after that was only $20. The week after that it was $10. The week after that it was $40. There are six different figures. <laughs> and, and I say that jokingly, but people think, oh, I'm going to go overseas and I'm going to make all this money. Up to, and when you show up, those jobs have already been taken. Those jobs have already been gone. But the question is, would you leave your family for 10 years knowing you could only communicate with them? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Some of them be like, baby, <laughs> go get the money. Show me the money. But would it be about the money or would it be about love? Is it worth it? Because for some couples... When they say, I do, I do doesn't mean what? I do as I please. When they say, I do, it does not mean I do as I please. Because a couple, a married couple, even though they are two, they become one flesh. But you still have to establish boundaries in love. Are y'all getting anything out of this? So then what is the spirit trying to reveal to us. There are so many good things that we do in life, but everything that we do under the umbrella of the kingdom of God has to be based on love. It has to be based on love. If you're not doing it for the purpose of love, for the sake of love, for God's love, then step back and it's like, God, are you really telling me to do this? And if I'm doing it, but I'm doing it for the wrong reason, because people, and the man answered, the man answered, and Jesus asked a question, and the man answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, not part, all of your strength, not part, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And this is the, all the scriptures I've read today is from the New Living Translation. And I like this one in particular. In verse 28, the writer says, right! Exclamation point. And I can just imagine Jesus saying, right! Do this and you will live. What must I do to inherit eternal We have a limited life because we have a limited love. We have boundaries. Yes, we have friends. We have people that are closer to us than others. But even those people, we just wait till they cross the line and I'm done with you. What I talked to you about yesterday, why is it on Facebook? Why is it when you and I talk that I always have to tell you, now this is just between me and you. 
Why do I have to keep establishing these boundaries? But we have a limited life because we have a limited love. And instead of asking God to show us, to help me to love other people, whether it's a friend you confide in, and I mean a real friend, not a Facebook friend, not just someone you have coffee with before you go to work, but a true, honest-to-goodness friend who's willing to tell you the truth to your face, or even if you seek professional counseling, someone that can help you to understand, well, why is it whenever I get to this point, I stop loving people? Why? We have limited life because we have limited love. When you love unconditionally, when you love limitlessly, God will open up doors for you that you will not understand. The Spirit wants to work in us. But again, not all situations are the same. I want you to roll that video for me real quick. It's only very, very, very short. just random things that the Lord gave me. Love is the best thing in the world because it's also the most expensive thing in the world. Love is the most expensive thing and it cannot be bought. You cannot put a dollar price on love. I don't care how much money anyone has, it cannot buy them love. Unconditional love. Because there's an old song that when the money's gone and all you're spending in they won't be round anymore. God bless the child who has his own. Number two, love separates the men from the boys. True, unconditional love separates the men from the boys and the women from the girls. We say the men from the boys. But true love, agape love, will cause you to step out and to do things that other people don't normally do. Number three, love will pay you tremendously, but it's going to cost you everything. Now, does that mean you have to let go all of those people that you knew? Does it mean you have to change jobs? No, it just means that you have to step out. I have to step out of myself and become who God wants me to be. And those who want to walk with you, those who want to walk with Christ, or even those who don't, but they admire you and they love you and respect you for your stance on love will continue to be your friends. It's going to pay you tremendous dividends. 
that the world market and the New York stock, stock Exchange cannot match. Your 401k has nothing to do and cannot compare to true love. Number four, you may appear to be a fool, but true love only comes by faith. You're going to look like a fool at times for loving the unlovable. But it only comes by faith. It only comes by faith. And the last one is never, ever pay the price just for the sake of being right. You know there comes that point in an argument you realize, oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, they do have a point. Okay, let's, let's stop right there. I apologize. I, I see why I made my mistake. I don't care if it's your boss. I don't care if it's your wife. I don't care if it's your neighbor. Just because you're saved, I don't care if you're born again. I don't care how much you speak in tongues, how many books you read, how many Bible verses you know. If you're wrong, you're just wrong. But love never pays the price just for the sake of being right. Take a breath, swallow your pride, because pride is what got Satan kicked out of heaven. And if you think that you being right is love, you don't know what love is. When you know that you failed and disappointed others, the last thing we want to do is what? Love yourself. I'm sure some of us, and I think I shared last week, we can think about things we've done in the past and we're like, why, why did I do that? Make some silly mistakes, some foolish decisions. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, beginning at verse 6, the history behind this is, is David is going into battle. He, he wants to go with the, with the Philistines, but the Philistines are saying, wait a minute, you were the one, the same one that killed Goliath. At what point are you going to turn on us? And David's loyal to them, and he wants to go to battle with them. But the commander says, no, I know David. He can kill thousands. Saul killed a thousand, but David killed ten thousand. What do you think he's going to do to us? David can't go with us. Tell David he, can, he ain't got to go home, but he can't stay here. So they return back to their, their place. First Samuel chapter 30, beginning at verse 1. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into Negev and Ziklag, and they crushed, the Zik, they crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. Verse 2. They carried off the women and the children and everyone else without killing anyone. How do we know? Because obviously no one was left around. There were no dead bodies. So they basically took everybody captain. And then going down to verse 6. And David was down in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughter. And they began to talk of stoning him. And the table turned. But David found strength in the Lord his God. The King James Version says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. When people look at you, it's one thing to be hurt by others. But when we know we've made bad decisions, it's hard to love yourself. And David thought, I'm a warrior. I'm a fighter. I killed Goliath. I've, I've killed beasts with my bare hands. I 
want to go to war. This is, this is my purpose in life. But yet, he left the camp empty and unguarded. And now people want to kill him. So he had to find strength and encourage himself in the Lord. But the thing about love is, love, one, has to teach us to forget our past. Learn from it, but we've got to learn to let things go. But love has to see the present and the future. Love has to see the present and the future. It cannot be present-based only. Even though there were years and years of torment in my life and I wanted to commit suicide, from the time I was about seven until I was well into my 30s, I lived and, and dealt with a suicidal spirit. And all it took was something as simple as bouncing the check or being late for work. And I would spend hours and hours and hours, if not days, contemplating suicide. But the Holy Spirit told me, you cannot dwell in the present. You've got a future. I had walked away from God for eight years, and I struggled with my purpose in life. But the Holy Spirit reminded me that I don't have just a present. I've got a future. But when it comes to others, when it comes to other people, most of us, can I get that next slide? Most of us are guilty of hating the present person, yet loving the future person. We hate the present person, but we want to love the future person. In other words, next, excuse me, I can't deal with you right now. I'll love you when you get right. We don't love the present person. We want to love the future person. I can't deal with you right now. You got too much drama going on in your life. You and I, we don't see each other. You know something? We don't have to hang together, but I still have to love you. And I'm not talking about love you in California. I'm talking about love you, call you. Love you, write you letters. Love you, FaceTime you. Love you, reach out to you. Love you sacrificially. I don't have an option not to love you. It is not my option. Do you all understand that? Love is never an option. And love is an action word. Love is an action word. We've got to learn to see the present person and love the present person with boundaries. Let's not forget that. Talk to people and we, we wonder why situations end up the way they are because from the very beginning, I mean, you don't want to say like, September 26, 1999, at 11 o'clock, I met a beautiful woman who ran away from me, and I had to chase her down. But very quickly, because she had been a single woman for so long, she set boundaries. And I was not allowed to come. I was allowed to knock on the front door. You don't know how many months it took me just to get to that piece of linoleum inside the front door. She had carpet in there. You know that little piece of linoleum? It was like six months before I could get past the linoleum. And, oh, whoa. And it, after dark, I'm telling you, like we would go to church. I pick her up. We go to Bible study. And it's like, come on, guys. You know how you do. You know how you do. You pull up in the driveway. And you lean over and it's like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Think you're going to sneak that kiss in. 
It's like, no, uh-uh. You don't get no kisses. And I got to walk her to the door, make sure she was in. And that was it. We had to establish boundaries. But that didn't stop me from loving her. Just because she said, no, this is what I'm dealing with. This is who I am. Think about how Jesus loved Peter. Peter will one day, one moment tell the truth. Next time he's telling a lie. Peter was violent. Peter was uncontrollable. Peter pulled out a sword and cut off Malchus' ear. Peter denied Jesus. But when the Holy Spirit got a hold of Peter and he stood before them on the day of Pentecost, he said, we're not drunk as you suppose. We're just filled with the Holy Ghost. That's an old song by a guy named Carmen. We're not drunk as you suppose. We're just filled with the Holy Ghost. All right now, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. Love must be allowed to penetrate our very souls. Agape love has to be allowed to penetrate our souls. Think about two men in the Bible. One is a hearer and one was a doer. Judas. Judas led to the, was the one who implemented or started the process in the death of Jesus. He was the one, if, if we want to say, he killed our leader. Saul, on the other hand, killed the followers. Judas could have easily have been another Saul if he did not die or kill himself. Just like David. Judas was down on himself. But David encouraged himself. What did Judas do? He went and hung himself. He hung himself. All of those years he walked with Jesus. He saw how Jesus had compassion on men and women and children. Even raising people from the dead. And even though Jesus would say things to people and they would walk away. Jesus never walked away. Jesus never walked away. And even after all of those things, the very love that Judas saw, he couldn't receive it. He could not receive the very love he saw demonstrated in the life of Jesus. But let me ask this question. But at what point did Jesus stop loving Judas? At what point did Jesus denounce Judas and say, depart from me? Depart from me, I know you not. He never did. He loved Judas until the very end. He loved him. Has anyone in this room ever been betrayed? And we cut him off. We cut him off. Maybe not everybody. Some of, some of our friends are like, you know, you my girl. Yeah, I'm sorry. We had that little tiff. Now let's go shopping. <laughs> and we let it go. But it's those other people, we cut them off and we're done with them. Instead of confronting them saying, you know what you did? I, I got to let you know. That, that really bothered me. That really bothered me what you did. And you may not receive what I'm saying, but like I said before, love will make you look like a fool, but it only comes by faith. It will cost you everything, but it's going to pay you tremendously. Love is going to do that to you. But in the end, you're going to win. A 
Baptist preacher named Charles Spurgeon. Any of you have ever read his readings? If you know, if you're familiar with Matthew Henry, he's a great commentator, but lived in the uh, 1800s. And he made this statement. Love does not ask to have an easy life of it. Love never asks for an easy life. Self-love makes it her, her aim. That's what self-love wants. Love denies herself, sacrifices herself, that she may win victories for God, and hers will be no crown, no tinsel crown, no cheap crown. You know what tinsel is. We put it on Christmas trees, and when it gets brown, it gets kinked up, we throw it away. We buy some more. But true love will not have a tinsel crown. So I'm almost done. So what have you done with the love that's been given to you? What have we really done with the love that has been imparted to us? Have we held on to it? Like this is priceless. I was watching the show yesterday, Pawn Stars. And, you know, people bring things in and they, and they want to get an assessment on it because they possibly want to sell it. Is the love that you have so invaluable that you would never think of giving it away? Or do you think it's something you're supposed to hold on to? I want to leave you with this challenge. Four questions. Who do you love? Who do you love? Luke chapter 10, we talked about it earlier. The man asked, what must I do to, in to inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? This man, the good Samaritan, went out of his way to love a stranger. Of course, we're not going to go through that. It's, it's kind of long. But who do you love? Do you love only those who love you? Do you love those who can only pad your resume? Do you only love those who let you hang out with the in crowd? Because you want to be popular. You want to be seen. How much do you love? How much do you love? Another man asked Jesus, Lord, what must I do? And I'm paraphrasing. Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, take all of your possessions. Go and sell them. And then you can come and follow me. And it says the man put his head down and he was sad because he had many possessions. He had kept all the other commandments. Jesus said, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt have no other gods before him. He said, I've done all those things. He said, well, now go and sell all that you have. So, how much do you love? Do you love these possessions more than you love God? And God is okay with us having material things. Have a nice house. Have a nice car. Because guess what? That's a testimony of the goodness of God. And how he wants to bless us bountifully. It's good that you can have those things. As long as we're giving God the credit. And we're not spending all of our time cleaning and waxing and painting and pushing and, and trimming and doing all those other things. Pastor Wendy asked me one time. She's like, you going to wash your truck? I said, I'm not going to fall in love with that truck. And I was serious. I was so serious. It's like, Lord, I thank you that you gave provision. That my car broke down before I retired. And I was able to purchase a vehicle. I don't, I'm not happy about the payments. 
But I thank you, Lord, that you made the provision, but I'm not going to fall in love with that truck. I refuse to. So why do I love? 1 John 4 19 says that we love. We ought to love because what? God loved us first. We have to love because God loved us first. And my last question is, and we have to ask ourselves, why don't I love? Why don't I love? Well, you don't know what they did to me. I don't. But did you take it to the Lord in prayer? Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And Jesus picks up the scroll and he quotes Isaiah. And one of the things he says, I've come to mend the broken heart. Lord, my heart is broke. You don't understand. Yes, I do understand. I know what it's like. If they persecuted you, they persecuted me first. There's nothing that they're going to say about you that they didn't say about me first. So what excuse do you have not to love? Well, Lord, do you know they got me fired? Do you know that I died? Lord, they're saying things about me that just aren't true. <laughs> Welcome to the club. And so they persecuted even the saints that went before them. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 it says and since we have such a great cloud of witness of all of those mentioned in chapter 11 the faith chapter there are many people inside and outside the body of Christ think of, think of all the people who sacrificed that we would have the freedoms we have now and we get mad because we can't get a good parking space we have got to make agape love we have got to make agape love so are we making love today are we making love today come on y'all are we making love today the old saying it's not what people call you it's what you answer to God has put love in you, God expects to get love out of you. Greater works shall you do. Because Jesus didn't have the internet. Jesus didn't have Facebook. He had followers. <laughs> Somebody got it. But we can reach people. In fact, I just got a friend request from somebody that I knew back in the 1980s and they're over in Germany right now. We couldn't do that a hundred years ago. Greater works. But we have, we have to love people. Well, when I can find time in my schedule. Okay. Let me know when your schedule is open. Let me know when your schedule is open. I have had the distinct pleasure of taking care of my bride since the 28th of last month. Because you all see... And even when I got a little frustrated, I had to ask the Holy Spirit, help me, put me in check. Because I'm allowing her situation to aggravate me, and it's not her fault. It's not her fault that I have to take care of her. Because that's for better, for worse. 
going to ask everyone to stand. We thank everyone who's watched us on Facebook today. We just believe that God has blessed you and God has touched you. We want to continue to pour out as God gives us. We appreciate your time. And we just believe that God has moved and blessed you on today. We pray more than anything, as Tom, Brother Tom said earlier, that you have allowed the Holy Spirit to convict your heart and allow Jesus to come in and change some things. To be that new creature in Christ Jesus. To allow old things to pass, to pass away. And behold, all things are becoming new. So if you would, pray with us on today. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to come and die for our sins, that you came, that we would have life in that more abundantly. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming into my heart on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. Help us continue to share the message of hope with everyone. Visit us at openaltarworshipcenter.com forward slash donate to give a gift today. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you enjoyed the podcast, we hope you'll subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you inspired all through the week. We also hope that you share it with your friends. You can click the share button in the description or take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Open Altar Worship Center. Thanks again for listening. We're praying for you and we know God's best is still ahead.